and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 375. That seems like a milestone to me. I don't know. I'm also very tired and feel like I'm going to pass out. So, hey, I'm a little column A, column B, if that makes any sense. It doesn't because I'm not making sense. But with all of that, welcome to the podcast. We're going to get into this, me and Jason, going through four books. A pretty straightforward week here, including... The big book, I guess, Devil's Reign, so we'll get to that in just a moment. Before that, though, go over to the Twitters at the WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Then go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Also, check out our Instagram, Weird Science Comic, and then go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience. All this will be in the show notes. One of the big things on the Patreon this week is our Marvel Comics Patreon-only spotlight where we have a podcast with two books picked by the bad asses of the Patreon and the Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop, and they ended up picking Maestro World War M and the Amazing Spider-Man 88 Bay issue. That's what me and Jason ended up talking about earlier today. That's already up as we speak on the Patreon. So again, go to patreon.com slash Weird science, help us out for everything that we do Give us a little inspiration and all of that But I'm not going to delay any longer Let's get into this podcast, me and Jason Starting out with what we kind of its It's been our little kind of fun little book to talk about It's not as fun now, but it is Hawkeye Kate Bishop And I am here with Jason, what up Jason? Hello Jim, how are you today? Oh, I'm lovely and we're four books We don't have a lot of books this week And With that, you know, some are good, some are bad, facts of life, we're going to find out, we're going to start with, right away, (laughs) let's get into it, we're going to start with Hawkeye Kate Bishop, this is number four of, actually, as I see now, four of six, me and you were talking earlier, yes, four of six, that's a weird deal for for old Uh, Marvel to pull, so... Well, I guess my reaction kind of gives away what I think of this series. Oh, no, there's another issue. <laughs> the, the funny thing is I was saying almost like, oh, man, we need like another. And I didn't really need it. I mean, I, was this is this the Black Mercy here that it's giving me my only dream, but it's actually a nightmare. <laughs> it's written by Marike Anishkamp. It's penciled by Need Balam, inked by Oren Jr., colors by Brittany Peer, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. I will just say at the beginning, Kate Bishop, private investigator, dog lover, former uh, young and West Coast Avenger, best Hawkeye for all uh, in investigatory and or arrow related needs. Please reach out to Hawkeye Kate Bishop. I don't know about that. I mean, the idea that she's on the case here. Is she? Is she not? I don't know. She's on something. I don't know. Yeah, she is. Well, right now she's tied up. She's a little tied up. She is, right? And uh, you end up in this deal with this chapiteau and the idea of the rules and all this stuff. Yeah, even there where you end up having, you know, bad accents going around and things like that. Even Kate making fun of that. You know, Madam Ringleader. The breakout character of the year, right? Madam Ringleader. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves the Madam Ringleader. That'll that'll be the, the big costume for girls this Halloween. I would think. And guys. I mean, everybody's going to be, yeah. right? So you have this way. Who judge? Okay. They have tied up Kate, and now their plan is going to move on because all this was was to end up getting – you know, the idea of getting to the Bishop Manor and getting this Infinity Stone sliver, this Reality Stone. Right, because the, the key to that is on this stupid bracelet that they stole from her. Yeah, sister. this bracelet deal. Yeah. And so, again, that was pretty much what Kate was brought in, if you want to say investigating and things like that. And she hasn't done anything, but she is tied up. And her sister now is back under control. This is a different kind of control, right? She's completely like a zombie, like catatonic. It's weird. and. So with that, if you go back to the beginning and just think, like, what was the plan all along? And what have <laughs> they been doing here behind the scenes, including Ghost Kid, 
that we had at the beginning and having these people wanting to come back. I would think that it would have been a smarter play of just like a common like heist. They come in and they end up stealing things from these catatonic guests. They go back, but they are mind controlled to want to return. But nothing really ever played out well. It all ties into that, you know, Matt Fraction, David. I mean, they they talk about using the best way to keep their fingerprints off a crime is to use other people to use their fingers to do crimes. But so have the guests been sent out to do crimey things or have the guests just been bringing them expensive things to steal? The plan here is is unclear. And the plan being the idea, like you said, hey, we're going to keep our fingerprints off the crime. We haven't seen like the, it's not like they're going to leave and That's they a have a new idea. circus deal. It is. And it would be that this would be the headquarters. You'd see things coming in. But if they do rob from the guests, then that's the deal where, but that, your fingerprints are on that because especially this is the Chapiteau that you're, uh, nothing makes sense in this. But what they're going to do now to keep really their fingerprints off is, you know, what you do, arson. You're going to blow up the place. It's completely unclear what's going on because they say, oh, they're going to make it look like a gas leak, which, which I, I hear gas leak, I think like natural gas, vapor. But then there's a countdown on a pink screen that starts at 29 minutes and 57 seconds. They never say what this is counting down to. Is there a bomb somewhere? There must be a is bomb a because thing? it does seem to blow up. But, but the building's already on fire. I know. They set it on it's fire. Already on, we see. That, so here's the thing. The place is already completely consumed with flames. Yeah. yeah. Fire everywhere. And the, uh, the workers at the hotel I just walked around with cans of gasoline, pouring gas on places. When you think of gas leak, you don't think of gasoline. And so with that, too, I'm no, you know, investigator, but I've seen TV shows. <laughs> yeah, there's one guy in the background just breaking a chair. I don't I don't know what he's doing. He didn't get the memo. He doesn't like sitting. This guy is, thinks everybody's lazy. Uh, but with that, too, maybe it's like kindling. I don't know. But the idea where I know enough of watching just TV shows, which you could say. Well, I've seen TV, sure. If something gets burned down, they immediately look for, oh, what's the accelerant? Oh, it's gasoline. Right. Plus, there's going to be all these plastic red cans lying around. I think Columbo is going to put that together. <laughs> Seriously, Kojak's in there. Like, I solved it, baby. You end <laughs> oh. up where it uh, – yeah. Uh, seriously, this does not end up being anything – that would be a smart play. A gas mm-hmm. leak would be you get a gas line, you break it, you cut it, and then end up, if you want to have an explosion, yeah, set your bomb. But even the bomb is going to have some – so this is nothing. And meanwhile, we get a ticking clock is printed in the corner of our panels. So now it's down to 2347. So Kate's been just wandering around this flaming hotel with gasoline splashing everywhere for, you know, six and a half minutes. Yeah, and so, so with that – what you're, you know, and uh, what I think you're saying is as well is that we don't see a bomb. So if that is a ticker from a bomb, which would no. make sense, but we don't see a bomb. So we don't see a bomb. No one says where there's a bomb. There's no mention of there being a bomb. We don't know what the timer is down to. Like the timer is like some random thing that Kate thinks, well, I, I'm putting this together. The place is on damn fire. There's gas and then it'll blow up. In this. It makes no sense. It almost seems like this wasn't in the script, but it's something the artist just kind of threw in. No, you only have it on a, a screen. And then it starts ticking down. She's like, oh, my God, no time for subtlety, never time for clowns. That is the screensaver type deal or the, the thing of a cl- Really? Like, that's what you're concerned with? The first time I read it, I thought, well, maybe these are just 30 seconds. Maybe it's a super quick one, but that doesn't make any sense. But 30 minutes doesn't work either. The bill could be on fire for <laughs> 30 minutes. And we're, we're again, we're not in the middle of nowhere, Montana or Wyoming. So this is in the Hamptons. This yeah, is this is the Hamptons. Island. Yeah, exactly. You know, Somebody is going to notice there's going to be police, fire, news, nosy neighbors. Nobody shows up. And then here's another timing thing. So the next page, we see Kate sees these two hypnotized guests with their big red jerry cans. And so right now it's at 2347 when she sees them. So here's what happens. She sees them. She aims an arrow, shoots off a bracelet, doesn't help. And then they charge at her. She charges at them. How long do you think would have passed in this you know, little exchange here? Right there. Five Three seconds. seconds. Ten, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We turn she the page. says one line. It's, it's been two and a half minutes. It's now to 20, 2059 at this point. So almost three minutes. It doesn't make any sense, which made, I thought maybe it'd just be a couple seconds. But it, Plus, we set up rules. She shoots the bracelet and then goes, uh, 
command override. Well, time for plan C. So she's trying to figure out how to, because in a previous issue, you shoot the bracelet off, the mind control breaks. We saw that happen. That rule is out the window. Yeah, she figures out the new deal is you have to threaten somebody that the person loves that will stab them out of it. Makes no sense. And this guy ends up, because it's a guy and his wife, it seems, and he's like, no, no, don't. Oh, my God, my head hurts. Where am I? All right. And I love the idea where mm-hmm. she's just there. The place is burning down around them. And they're just like, hey, what's going on? This lady's like, my head, what's wrong with me, James? No time. The building's on fire. Get the hell out of here. In the meantime, she has shot her sister to be connected to a wall yeah, so she can't lift go anywhere. off the ground somehow. I don't, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to pull the certified physics teacher card too often, but that's, that's not how that works. Then Kate seems to pull the fire alarm. I guess, and then... Right. And y- which, which, even to mention that, I mean, it's a hotel. There's going to be heat detectors, smoke detectors. So, I mean, I, I guess they could have said, oh, we disabled all the alarms. No one actually said that, but maybe they could have done that. And you want to have it that, like, that's the hero move, that you, did, you hit the fire alarm, because then she goes over, and she's trying to snap her sister Susan out of it. Snap out of it, snap out of it. And she ends up even pointing an arrow at her, and she says, go mm-hmm. away, leave me, you're an embarrassment. And then Kate gets attacked, which seems to be the, oh my god, somebody I love's in danger. This, I think this right. is supposed to be a, a big moment. I think this is supposed to be the moment where you see Susan loves her sister. The the real story of this book is supposed to be the relation, restoring the relationship between the two sisters. Yeah, and so this should be really played the idea of, oh my God, Susan does love Kate. No, we, we see a bald guy charging at Kate, knocks her down a banister, down a flight of stairs maybe, and that's what wakes up her sister. Although that, that takes two minutes exactly. for, of falling down the stairs for two minutes. The play is, oh my God, she. I didn't sit there and go... Oh, my God, Susan does love Kate. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? This bald guy ends up, what's happening? How does he wake up? I mean, who's a- he gets up and runs out. Oh, my God, the place is on fire. He <laughs> for, runs up. For him, hitting his head on the stairs, that works. Yeah, well, he loves his bald head. And he's like, oh, my God, he goes off. So you end up <laughs> where, again, too, just to, is there tension with this timer? There's not. We don't know. So the, no. the idea that they have to just double confusion. back to get lucky. So that would be yeah. that idea Now we get again. a one-page montage where they kind of save some people. We don't know how they wake them up. There's a lady with a baby running out. We see what, – what's Susan doing with her phone there? I, I don't know. I, is she taking a picture? I guess – Is yeah. she doing a selfie? She seems to be texting people. But in that, if this timer did mean something, you would definitely have it each panel. You would see that the time's going down each time. Oh my God. Why are they going back to save this old guy? There's only, but there's nothing there. And they even open like a, a deal and say, Oh, nobody here. Let's go. And they run out and pretty much we're going to end up having the, you know, heroes, you know, jump off the building into the swimming pool. That thing blows up. I, I just, it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're on, they go out of the roof and the roof, it says two minutes and one second. And then <laughs> they had to get their nerve up, Jason. I know. <laughs> but, and so they're standing on the roof of a flaming building for two minutes. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then they, they jump off. They jump off. It says zero, zero, zero. Something goes boom. What goes boom? I don't know. Something goes boom. They jump off into a pool. I do like a pizza dog diving to the pool. Yeah, That's kind of a cool little picture. Fun. That is really cool. Uh, he's all right. The art's okay in this, but yeah. he's, the, he's the best. He's the best part of this book. And he's in it for three pages. Yes. Now with, and if you want to have something that, you know, would remind me, I don't know if you saw that variant cover of Nightwing where you ended up having Haley uh, bite wing where he's like flying through the air and it's got all the wind <laughs> going. And it was cool. But here's the deal too. They're on the top of a flaming building, right? They, they've done some crazy stuff already. They, there's a pool right below them. But Kate has to say, because you don't want to see that, trust me, I, I just want Susan to say, let's just jump in that damn pool. I mean, let's get mm-hmm. out of here. This building no, is on fire. As they, you see, as they're plunging through the air, <laughs> Kate yells out, pool time. Yeah, pool time. That, this is this is the catchphrase that everyone's going to I mean, that is my catchphrase. I, I, I do, because even, even earlier she had to pull out the idea of, like, I wanted to have Drinks by the pool. Oh, my goodness gracious. And so with this, you end up having, you know, the ringmaster deal and, and the, what should have been the ringmaster. I said at the beginning, but it's not. But they're all going off to get the sliver of the Infinity Stone while they end up plunging into the pool for pool time. And then Kate just is like going to have a relaxing moment for a minute in the pool. Like she's doing the back. She's just like, like, what are you doing? 
they're still flaming debris plunging down and killing people, but, you know, whatever. They are going to be in trouble. This pool is right next to the building, but hey, what the hell? It does say, Jim, this is important, though. If you look in the it bottom of that It says to be concluded. Page, That's weird. It says concluded. It makes me think we've only got one in issue left. In my copy, it says four of six, and that was the the deal of it, but it oh, makes more sense no. of five. Yeah, it feels it feels like we're oh, almost Oh, yeah, done. it does. So oh, God, I hope so. Maybe... <laughs> They'll be like, well, conclude it means that the next two, but I, uh, yeah, I hope so. I, I actually hope that this, this is not good. Uh, and it's, it's one of those where it went from confusingly funny to confusingly irritating to be confusingly nothing. And this is just, you just have scenes just happening for no reason, no apparent reason of what's going on. They just I, burned down the chapiteau. There, there really seems to be no communication between the writer and the artist this whole series. Like, things don't work together. So I would love to see, like, the original script. I'm really curious. Was there something about a bomb in that script? Was there a timer in that script? Or did the artist think, I got to throw something in to make this feel important, and I'm just going to put she some numbers in? She never even says, let's go. We have 10 minutes. Oh, my God. She just looks at that computer at that bit and says... Oh my god, you know, in a clown. Yeah, there is a part in the middle where he says we have, yeah, there's something, she says something about minutes in that yeah, one we montage have, yeah, page. Yeah, it's just weird. So, what does she say? But yeah, what is the deal? Was it a bomb? Was it the idea oh, that... She, oh, was, the only, she says we have less than 10 minutes left okay. before it blows. It blows. So there, I don't know, a, is it, it, I mean, it the building or that, the bomb? Or, <laughs> that, is, that is my review of this comic. They say it, yeah, blows. it blows. And they ended up even, like you said, they said... We're going to keep our fingerprints clean of all this, and we're going to – I don't think it's a gas leak. This is not looking like a gas leak. It's not going to come back out of that. So with that, what would you give it? Three out of ten, this book is trash. Yeah, it is. I am ending up – Yeah, so Really, I'm, I'm ending up at a 3.5. I'm going to be Mr. Positive. I'm going to be more positive than you, 3.5. It's garbage. And the uh, – the art is good. The story is just nothing. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but we're it's, the, the art is not a reason to buy this book. Like you're going to, oh, it's such great art. You got to see this. The art is the art is completely fine. Yeah, it's fine. Well, we're going to move on to the next book, which is the Avengers, and it's the Avengers number fifty three. This is written by Jason Aaron with Juan Frigieri on art, colors by David Coriel, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. A multiversal Masters of Evil is formed, comprised of the deadliest villains of their respective realities. The group has been ravaging entire worlds with their in their bid for power, opposed by reality hopping Deathlocks, dispatching by the mysterious Avenger Prime as the Deathlocks began to appear on Earth 616. Both Neymar and Valkyrie offered aid to the Avengers. Masters of Evil soon executed a multi-pronged attack, simultaneously ambushing members of the Avengers in Asgard, the Midwest, and their headquarters, Avengers Mountain. So we go, and, and again, you had said before, the idea that this is, you know, kind of just a side book now to the Avengers Forever story. It's been like that for, for three issues because it really seems that we have three fights taking place simultaneously, right? We have the first issue, 51, we saw an attack on Asgard. Last issue, we saw an attack kind of in middle America with Captain America. And this time we see the attack on Avengers Mountain itself. This is the attack that we thought was being set up That's what we in thought. issue 50. Yeah, because they were coming up to the Avengers. Yeah, they were standing Mountain. right outside there. And we had the whole thing. We're oh, they're not supposed to attack this reality yet because the Council of Red, who we, we haven't seen in this book, the Council of Red said, leave this one for last. They said, not going to do that. Screw you. We're going to do what we want. And yeah, so it's weird. Because I ended up, and I told you before we recorded, I was kind of excited to read this one because I ended up seeing a bunch of people that I follow on Twitter and they were talking about this issue. And I just I happened to see it last night. And they're like, oh, my God, this Jason Aaron Avengers, finally, he's showing me. And these people, have, you know, a group of these people, they haven't really enjoyed the Avengers, as I haven't as well up until this point. And they basically said this is the issue that won them over and that they realized that Jason Aaron really can write team books well and this is going to start off and i'm thinking to myself we've only had fights and it didn't seem like it was over yet so what's going to go on but man i was excited and i read it and i'm like yeah this is just more of the same there, there's not yeah, much we get going one big moment way at the end but to get there is just kind of a punches b b punches c yeah and you have to introduce some things you have you know thanos we get a little and... we get a little kid thanos background but it's nothing new we see him you know he grew up you know dissecting people to see how they work he thinks he's a scientist he's look at him he thinks he's a scientist he does but yeah he's doing this little thing he's with doom and he's no ghostbuster back off man he's a scientist you end up with all of this where it's just that 
come on, get to it. You're attacking Avengers Mountain. Let's get to it. And you eventually do. And they are causing some damage, which does end up having... Yep, it's it's Kid Thanos and Doom Supreme. Those are the two, yeah. And you end up where in the Avengers Mountain, because they are doing these multi-pronged attacks. But even with that, the way that it's playing out, they just seem so singular. Like you said, you start off, you go Midwest, you go Asgard, things like that. And just the months between and stuff, it's just not working for me as well. Even at the end when we do see Avengers Mountain kind of get blown up, it didn't really give me any sort of impact because of the bigger things happening in the Avengers Forever book. This just seems like, okay, my big play here is like you said, like what's going to happen now with the Council Red and things like that? They weren't supposed to do this. They're they're overstepping their bounds a bit. But we get to T'Challa who's there with Namor, which is cool. Valkyrie, her horse, those sort of things. But right, they they arrived also back in fifty. I think yeah. It was. So pretty much, it's just like let's get let's get going battle royale, and you end up thinking, you know, well, it's more. just like well, we need a couple more characters here because we have everybody else at the other fight, so we can't just have T'Challa. Yeah. So it ends up, oh my god, in that it does allow T'Challa to pretty much, and I said it reminded me, and it's funny, it reminded me of the Phantom Menace where you ended up having the fight with Darth Maul where they ended up having the berries and Qui-Gon would then sit down and meditate and it showed you the difference between the Sith and the you know Jedi in that but in this you have T'Challa here going up and like he's connected to some things he's turning cut but he is kind of meditate. It's kind of a cool deal of like, okay, he's, he's preparing for this fight, no, whatever. Like, he's he's going to be a badass. Something's going to happen. Something exciting is building up. This issue really doesn't do anything that you need to know, but it ends up having, oh my God, Red Panther. And it seems like that is thrown right, in so as Red a Hail Mary. Is just, it's just Black Panther, but he's added, let's see, he's added... This is magic crap. So he can, he, he needs to be able to fight Doom Supreme. Doom Supreme's a magic guy. He needs to get all the magic stuff going. So we got thrice blessed vibranium Dombe boxing cords. Guess those are the things wrapped around his, his arms there. He's got stones from the Wakanda necropolis. Sure. And why I not? wish that this was where he dipped it into gummy bears. <laughs> That's all it is. It's like that pit fighter. <laughs> He's got armor of metallicized Orisha blood. Like Orisha are the, like the gods of Wakanda. Okay, so God blood. That's kind of cool. cool. And that's why his that's why his suit looks red, yep. I guess. And anti-magic defense protocols complete. So all this is is so when Doom zaps him, it doesn't zap him. Yeah, and it looks like he's got some, you know, the suit tech base. You know, the thing, and it, it looks cool enough. I mean, you get that page there with it, but that's kind of what you get. And in the meantime, you do have the Deathlock who is kind of communing with the the brain of the celestial trying to figure out some things going on in right. This. So the idea is the Deathlock thinks that he can kind of wake up the celestial, which I mean, the celestial's dead, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. This was the celestial back from like the original host who brought this whole pestilence on the world. Yeah, that whole story. So Deathlock, and it really feels like it should be going somewhere. Deathlock's communing with him. He kind of says, "Hey, you know, you're a god. You shouldn't let this happen. You should put everything right." And it doesn't wake up. It doesn't even. It doesn't even start to wake up. It just doesn't. If I was Deathlock, I'm like, look, you got your arm extended like that? Like, you're going to do something? Like, come on, guy, wake up. Come on. And uh, yeah, it doesn't really do anything. It ends up kind of blowing up by the end. But in that, you also have Doom Supreme going and Thanos going against, you know, Namor, but also Jane. Jane kind of gets hit by Doom using magic, which is crazy, yeah. and she ends up getting her cancer back, it seems. Now, is this going to play out? I don't think so, because I think that is kind of just used as a cheap wow, because a little it couple pages huge, later... right? It should be huge, right? I mean, that should be... Yeah. Either, if you're, don't, you don't invoke cancer as a little no. kind of a yeah. two-panel joke. And, and not a joke, like, basically saying... I'm going to magically send you out of remission. You now are going to, and I'm like, holy crap, that's huge. And that is like devastating, especially to Jane Foster fans and what she's gone through and things like that. But it's just like, eh, whatever. And you kind of. As soon as she gets her all weapon back, or she loaned it to uh, Deathlock to give him wings to fly up to the brain, as soon as she gets the all weapon back, she seems fine again. Yeah. And and is this the play, like, even when she was, like, I don't know. We might end up going with something because. She did have the cancer she was stored, then the cancer would not be there as stored, but then it would go more. I, I don't know. But that seems big, but I don't see anybody talking about that. That was crazy. And even with that, I do like the idea where she's going to fight, you know, the Doom Supreme and, and baby Thanos here, and she <laughs> yep. sends her weapon away. 
And I'm uh-huh. thinking to myself, like, what are you doing? And Doom just says, you are an idiot. <laughs> like, I think she is. I, I, what are you doing? And when she gets it back, she turns it into Captain Caveman's club. Yeah, it does. It just comes in. Okay. Captain Caveman. And you end up even with the horse. He gets hit, <laughs> but then he's son. back. And so at the end, yes, that's the best. I want the, the van to come in. and <laughs> You end up where, again, references nobody's getting, but. Uh, You're waiting for, I know, we're waiting for something now again to be continued, so we'll see. I mean, is this maybe, because it doesn't seem like this is anything but it blowing up. They're losing a lot of things. Is it possible that you'll have an armless, that maybe it will come to and do something, and some of the explosion, it's it getting out of the mouth. It doesn't seem, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. They're going to change the status quo of where the Avengers headquarters is. And I guess that's supposed to make it make the whole event feel right bigger because it changes status quo. I yeah. think that a lot of people end up with this Avengers Mountain. We never really – you had the – I think it was the annual at one point that this we had This is going some. to wrap up around the same time that Devil's Reign wraps up. So maybe that's the excuse to get things back I don't in think city. that the Celestial I, – I never really saw anybody upset about it, but I don't think it's hit as hard as some. I mean, I remember whatever issue it was, if everybody remembers, the idea mm-hmm. where Cap was – Running through the veins as his like jogging track. That was like the most we ended up seeing. It, it gave some excuses for some kind of cool visuals. Yeah, that and really didn't do that much. So yeah, it might be that's the deal. And I, I wouldn't mind if if it's done and they end up just going to yeah again the mansion or have some other sort of setup that'd be cool. So yeah, with that, not much going on. I mean, you end up at the point where Deathlock's talking his game. And then at the end, you know, you end up having Doom Supreme and, you know, Kid Thanos. So, like, we got to get the heck out of here. Hey, Kid Thanos, let's go. Boom, they're out. And, yeah, so at the end, I wasn't really impressed with this. But, and it's funny, too, like, they have uh, a letters page. Not even a lot of letters on that pad. Like, "Mm, I guess, I don't know. It's not hitting with me. And I was upset. I said these people were saying it was such a great issue and was really going to, you know, oh, my God, the light bulb went off of what he's doing and how great. He is, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I see as this is just like a side book. I mean, it was some kind of cool fight scenes, and the one big moment at the end, the art is really good. But yeah, it's it's not moving anything No, it, what it makes me think is, okay, when, when's the next Avengers Forever? And not that we're loving that, but at least that's where the big stuff happens. So with that, what would you give this? I guess I'm at a 6.3. I'm at a 6. I'm at a 6. Just a, a 6. The art's pretty good, but really it doesn't do much. But we'll move on to the next book, which is kind of a weird deal. It's a Devil's Reign tie-in. It's Moon Knight. And you kind of have Jed McKay. He's got his hands tied a little. You can't have Moon Knight in the Moon Knight book at this point. Luckily, right. he does have somebody else to work with. So this is Moon Knight. Yeah, I think it's... Oh yeah, it's it. He kind of does all right. He has to do something without Moon Knight, and he did an okay job of like putting one little hint in the previous issue and putting one little hint at the end of issue this issue to make it feel like it ties in with things. But it's it's a side thing. It's it doesn't really. It's mean funny much. because we find out what that graffiti was, and I thought it was something bigger. But hey, it, it worked out. He set it up, and this is a book. If you're gonna have just a random one shot, kind of works with it because that's kind of the way. That it is in a Moon Knight book anyway But this is Moon Knight number 8 Written by Jed McKay Art by Alessandro Capuccio uh, Colors by Rachel Rosenberg Letters by VCs Corey Petit And it is called Scarlet Hunter's Moon is a zealous discipline of Kanchu Who in his civilian identity of Dr. Bader Opened a medical practice in the same neighborhood As Moon Knight's Midnight Mission Though they began as adversaries Hunter's Moon recently came to Moon Knight's aid when his mission was attacked by Zodiac, forcing Moon Knight to take up temporary headquarters in a local bar. After Mayor Wilson Fisk's recent crackdown on the costume heroes in New York City, Moon Knight was arrested by the Thunderbolts and incarcerated, and that's where we start, where Hunter's Moon, Vader, is kind of picking up the deal. All right, well, if he's in jail for now, I'm not going to go save his butt, but I will continue the mission a bit to set up this issue. There is a little bit of, not redemption, but a little bit of a, understanding at the end with the idea of I hate mm-hmm, vampires mm-hmm. and maybe I shouldn't be so hateful and that that plays out okay uh, but yeah I think we got to say right from the beginning the art in this issue is super fantastic it you, really you said there was another book where the art was fine but not a reason to buy the book here the art is a reason to buy the book exactly especially this this first page this this very first page before the credits you see uh the hunter's moon at this bar and you see he's behind a table 
and you've got this beautiful like art deco background and art deco lamp and just the colors and the design are just stunning and he ends up saying welcome to midnight mission my name is dr moon how can i help this guy has a lot of names. Yeah, he does. Doctor Moon, Hunter's Moon, other fist of uh, other fist of other Kanchu. fist of Kanchu, favorite son, maybe in his mind. I I don't know that I I guess Doctor Moon works, but I think I would have went Doctor Hunter. That sounds cool. But you end up where this big thing ends up setting again. We saw this mysterious deal, this graffiti, and they even called out like, "Hey, uh, Moon Knight, what's that all about?" And Mark's yeah, like, yeah, yeah we'll deal with that later. And yeah. when I said, that's for next issue. Don't distract me that's now. That's not for me. That's for Italian. So stop it. Uh, but yeah, we find out that a police officer goes and it ends up being a little bit like a noir type setup deal as he describes what this is. And right, what's so going this, on. this guy says is an ex-cop. Flint. Mr. Flint. Mr. Flint. And it seems like, I'm not sure if he's an existing character or not, but he's only here just to kind of give this first story and say, hey, Moon Knight, Moon, whatever you are, Dr. Moon, we have this crazy thing going on where people are kind of turning up shot with crossbow bolts with this crazy symbol around. And hey, let me tell you the story about Scarlet Fascinera, Fascinera. The stained glass Scarlet. Right. So who was a character back in the 80s and 90s? So she's been an existing thing, but she, the, uh, the ex-detective says she's been dead. She was gunned down in a, in a church because, you know, she was shooting up people with crossbow bolts and she shot a cop, so they shot her back. And so this is kind of weird, so we want you to look into that. Yeah, and the idea is this somebody risen from the dead, which does happen. And again, you're talking to a guy who's worshiping a, a crazy right? god of country. So he ends up like, okay, and what the big thing, or is this? people worshiping her or are they coming back you even get this copycat you get this play it's almost like a bloody mary type deal you know you end up having ceremonies and get called and all these things and even in this is she a vigilante now is she a terrorist who knows go and find out Mm -hmm. and he does he just goes to find out what's going on and you have a a cool enough issue the visuals like you said are great but it is kind of this like ghost story it is like a scary story to go here and it's okay and it's about you know, it, it ends up even becoming like a story of redemption a little bit, and you get this bit with yeah, it does. It does a whole bit about the power of stories, very American gods kind yeah. of a feeling to it, because it turns out when he goes into this place that it is like the ghost or the spirit, or it's not even the, the ghost of the person. It's like the stories people have told about her, and people keep calling on her, and that story gives her power. So she's actually been manifesting places where she's called, and she takes vengeance for people. Yeah, and that's the but, big thing. She's like a, a, mm-hmm. a horror of vengeance. If you have been, you know, you want vengeance, you do the ceremony and go. Because even when she comes, she's like, wait a second, what am I doing here? I, you don't have anybody that I... So it's a, it's a cool play. Right. And the, the, the thing is that this is the place she was killed, so she doesn't need anyone to call her here. And she says... You've also done something bad. I can see into your heart, Hunter's Moon, you raised blade and stake against innocence. Yeah, and this is so the vampire. So this means that the vampire. Yep. Which it is, I mean, they were technically innocents. It's still kind of weird to hear vampires called innocents, but. And he, he realizes this, and it, it is like a learning moment for him. But there, right. Oops, my bad. And when they go, I, I do like, me. yeah, I like the idea of the, you know, they're in the church where she did get gunned down, but also was the church where her husband and her son, they all ended up dying. She went there for a last stand, whatever. So she does have this power there that she's able to manifest herself to fight. Uh, I got shocked, though, at the point where all of a sudden I'm like, what the heck is Kanchu doing? Because Kanchu shows up, but it's more of an astral mm-hmm. form where he is there to help. Hunter's Moon and right, it's like story versus story. So he says, "Well, it's, if it's all about stories, then what's more of a story than, than a god? This story has been told for thousands of years and been called on by way more people than you, you urban legend." Yeah, yeah, I'm really. So he calls on conscience, and it is like an American Gods type play, a Neil Gaiman type deal, and feels almost like a Sandman even sort of deal. But it works for Moon yeah, Knight as well. So when he comes in there, it is like story versus story. He has to mention, "I'm actually still in prison." Like this isn't it. But I, I want to have Mark come back and like, what happened? You saw Kanchu? Oh, man. Uh, because he just goes and they're fighting against this. 
and again, you get this really cool double page spread. I mean, that's a that's a great page. You, you see Conchu huge in the background. You see stained glass lady in the front, and in between, you kind of see all these different versions of Moon Knight. Well, probably probably the other the Moon Knights through the from ages. the past, almost like looking on because again stories and that's what this is kind of about i like when the attacks are going and it's almost like she's losing bits of stained glass and stuff but the art's great it really is and then even the next page which isn't even a spread page but when you end up having and it's kind of like hunter's moon is just sitting there it's like hello father <laughs> and it, you have concho above him like <laughs> that looks awesome it looks so good how this is going on but in the end it is almost like you know accepting what you've done and the idea of, you know, trying to stop this bad going and banishing him, but it's not, you can't kill a story. And so by the end, you end up having Kanchu and the Scarlet deal fighting and, hey, I'm going to leave you to the fight. I'm going to get the hell out of here as the story continues. And he goes back to, you know, where they set up this new midnight mission but he seems to have learned kind of a lesson he seems to have been like he wants to be a better guy he wants to be somebody who might want to try mm-hmm. to get over the idea of vampires since he's working with one now so that that is right. one he, of the deals he kind of sort of apologizes to her yeah reese and she kind reese right and she kind of sort of accepts his apology it's still not quite there but it feels like he said something, and that's better than nothing. Yes, and it wouldn't be right for him to just show up and go, Hey, uh, Reese, you know, I know you're a vampire. I hate vampires. But you know what? I don't anymore. And she's like, All right, hug it up. And that, that wouldn't feel High five. Yeah, and, and I like the idea where she is even like the idea where she's just upset because he's, you know, an awful person. She's a vampire, whatever. And, like, it's not just up to him to say, Oh, I'm sorry. I like vampires now. Like, she has her say in it as well. But then you end up seeing that the story will end up having people still invoking, you know, the stained glass deal. And so stained glass Scarlet will live on because of the idea of stories and things. It's okay. I mean, maybe we'll see her again. I doubt it. But there it is. Uh, and, yeah. and so we have an epilogue so. then. We do. This is, again, this was, again, feels like it was tacked on to make this story feel more connected. It doesn't feel necessary. So we see we're at Ravencroft. And we have two guards, and of course, they always have the worst guards at these places. And one says, oh, so this one prisoner kind of is out of his cell, but it's no problem. He's model inmate, inmate never gives a problem. And the other guy has apparently done some of his homework <laughs> and says, no, this guy's a mass murderer, ex-Hydra assassin slash terrorist. He's killed literally thousands of people. He almost turned Taipei into a glass parking lot. I don't know why a guard wouldn't say Taiwan, but I don't know. Marvel, Disney doesn't want to piss off China. I don't, I don't know. But, and then there's red alert and we see in a little plaque, this is Rutherford Winner. Yep. Rutherford Winner. So that is a Jed McKay character. Uh, yeah, I looked it up. He's only appeared in two issues ever. And I think they were both digital only. It was in the Daughters of the Dragon yep. series. And that again, I mean, are we going to end up having, uh, you know, Misty and Colleen show up because of that, because they were involved with that as well as was, you know, Moon Knight. And they ended up helping him. I don't know if we need a Beyond tie-in right after yeah, this no, Devil's Reign but that seems tie-in. like it might be like a Bay issue type deal. What happens with uh, Zodiac? I thought this was going to be the Zodiac story. And he's, he's not even mentioned. Is he just gone for now? I think for now, because Mark's not there and you have to wait till he gets back, because unfortunately he's arrested. And you can't deal with that. Even the epilogue is about somebody completely different. So this feels like setting up a whole next arc that has nothing to do with Zodiac. Unless we're going to find out that Zodiac broke him out of Raven Maybe. I Maybe. And he is an assassin. You know, Hydra ended up grabbing him and stuff like that. But he was ending up, he ended up okay by the end and getting help in, in Ravencroft. And now he's broken out. He also has a tie-in to uh, the therapist that Moon Knight's been working with. And my deal is it, it could be as simple as, because Jed McKay has done some of the Amazing Spider-Man, maybe this, and I said when we were talking on the Spotlight, our Patreon Spotlight, that we haven't seen Colleen and Misty in a while. Maybe that's a setup just for that, because it is his characters, and he did do that Daughters of the Dragon deal, so maybe that would be cool, but we'll see. It's just an epilogue there, and we'll get back to it seems like normal stuff next issue, as you know, they can then at least say, well... You know, Mark broke out and we'll just get back to whatever. It's a shame that you ended up having to do this because of just that. But 
That's the deal, and it was okay. I mean, the art was really good, and the story is that like classic. Yeah, the story's fine. It, I, I think the whole you know, power of stories trope is a little it's worn overdone. out by now. It was, it was really a cool thing when it was in American Gods, but that's that's been a couple decades ago now, and it's been used a lot. I mean, we've had it a lot. We've had it a lot, uh, and so yeah, I'd, I'd like to like change it up a bit, and all of a sudden, I, I want to have it like the idea of progressing it to not just generic story deal i want to have like all of a sudden like uh, characters from rap songs have come to like like a new mythology or something that's what i need you know black pink song we have the but yeah so oh no yes uh but with that yeah so i got it what what would you think of that jenny he thinks it'd be a banger so there you go (laughs) so everybody could throw shade at me jenny is on my side but yeah, at the end, what would you give this? The art's like a 12. The art is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The best art we're seeing this week. And the story is a good attempt to to make an issue happen when you can't have your main character. I'd call it a 7.5. I'm a 7.5 as well. And it, yeah, again, it, it's not bad. It's just if you're reading Moon Knight, it's not going to be what you're, you know, kind of showing up for. And it's a shame because of that. But he does a good job. Jeb McKay does a good job of making it something that isn't awful. You're not going to be upset that you read this. I, I don't think. He, he takes lemons and makes them into like country time lemonade. Not not great lemonade. Not freshly squeezed. But you know, who doesn't like Somehow a nice glass? He, of, he did that lemon. He made it into powder. And, and so right. you do get a little bit more Bader Huntsman. So that, that, it works out that way as well. So we have one more book, though. We're going to finish off with Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign number four of six. Now, this is, you know, one of the big things going on, obviously. So I was looking forward to this. We'll see what we think it is. Written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Marcel Menez, letters by Clayton Cowles. Desperate lying low, the Avengers are planning to run their own mayoral candidate against Fisk in the next election, which Cage. But they've learned that Fisk is using the powers of the Purple Man to manipulate the city. Their attempt to bring Fisk in was foiled when Fisk ally Otto Octavius made his own move against the mayor with the help from extra-dimensional Autos, the Superior Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider. Now the Avengers are scattered and beaten, and Foggy Nelson's just received a beating of his own courtesy of the mayor's thugs. So we go into this, and I actually have to step back and like, okay, where did we end with things going on? Hmm. And we end up having it two weeks later that kind of does kind of make it go. Yeah, so that you don't have Oh, man, that was a beat down. Oh, man, those autos. So you end up being able to kind of set this up as you see that there are auto drones going throughout the city looking for things very ominous where you do have, you know, Matt walking around to kind of get the lay of the land and says, you know, what are they trying to make me scared? This scene confused me because we see all these drones. We see a guy going up to his car. We see the drones kind of confronting him. And then we see Matt, who is kind of in a cap and jacket up over his face. He reaches for his daredevil hood and his baton. And I'm like, is he, is he now going to intervene here? But we never come back. We never come back to the scene to see what he did or didn't do. So I don't know what the happened. The funny thing, I mean, you see the red hair, but the way he's walking around really reminded me of Bucky for some reason. The way that Bucky's always walking around okay, with those shades. Right, right. But then when the guy, I'm like, what happened? Was this guy not allowed to get in his car? I wanted it to say something. Does he have outstanding parking yeah, tickets? I, I, don't I don't know. Because the idea of He's crime... He's kind of parked far away from the curb there, but I don't know if he got arrested for that. Now, with that, he might be... I, you see a ambulance. Is it that he... I don't think that's the hospital, though. It, it's a weird play. And I wanted to see something where I think that you're supposed to get the idea that you're already overstepping bounds, which you would see, auto and fist. Right? Yeah, but you never get, get it, right? What, what is Daredevil doing? <laughs> if we just saw the scene, I would get, okay, this is the status of the city right now. I get that. Okay, we see the auto drones. But I don't know. It, it really seemed that we were supposed to come back to the scene, and they just took that part I, I out. I swear to God, I wanted uh, this, but because also it's daytime. It's not night. The curfew would be an easy play or whatever, even with the guys like, I'm just uh, trying to pick up my wife. No, you're not, citizen. And then have just Matt conk it and go get out of here when you can, whatever. Have some sort of deal. It just is setting up that set, but it's a weird setup. Uh, But you go then to Wilson. Feels incomplete. Yeah, it does. And you see Wilson, he's looking off, you know, oh, my God, look at how great this militarized zone of New York City is now. And with that, you end up having Otto show up. Pretty much, you know, throwing guards all over the place. And he shows up to pretty much just say, 
yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to be dealt with by you easily, and I can do right. whatever so the hell I want. At the end of last issue, we saw that he had set up Chameleon as Tony Stark to run against Fisk, but the Avengers screwed that up. So now he's kind of openly defying Fisk. He's not he's not opposing him directly, but he's kind of saying, yeah, I'm. you, you think you're using me, I'm really using you, and I can do whatever I want, and I'm immune to the Purple Man stuff. So, and I'm uh-huh. going to drink your whiskey and get the hell out of here. And with that, that's the play that's weird. And, and you just mentioned the idea of chameleon. Like, I expected to at least have some sort of follow-up to that and what went on and have something. But it is just, hey, look at me. I'm here. That plan went down, but you can't affect me. Blah, blah, blah. And you end up having Fist getting pissed. And he's going to want to, you know, up the ante because mm-hmm. they are controlling everybody with the Purple Man. But it's not a... Set like it's just a weakened version of what he really seems on, to want. On the way out, uh, Ock mentions, "Oh, we arrested your son." So Butch has been arrested. Yeah, Butch has been arrested, and so with that too, it's like a weird play where there's Fisk. He ended up sending Otto over to you know the Baxter Building. He went through his things. He got the interdimensional portal, but now it really feels like he's like the you know the KGB version of the per- like he yeah, had this bots going around and things. And I thought it was a weird play. I didn't think he was that. Involved in the nitty gritty of what's going down it's with this whole rain, it has, and he's really put himself as I'm going, and he says, you know, and and again, I I expected some other place like, hey, you had your like, I had the thunderbolts, yeah, but my forces are superior, you know how he always goes on and on, but it felt weird. There was a weird disconnect of what happened in those two weeks in my mind, but you do end up having fist. You know, his son's arrested, he's pissed off at that, you end up with the Typhoid Mary stuff, but really he, things might be getting out of control for him a bit here, and he puts in a play. Now, are we going to see more active combat between Fisk and Auk? Are they going to butt heads more directly? I don't know. Maybe. We have two more issues of this, and maybe we have a tie-in or whatnot, but you end up where, you know, he has his Thunderbolts, he's going to send them out, you have, you know, US agents, stuff like that going, you have kind of some bad guys, especially him like, Hey, I need these kids. I want these kids. And I said to you before we recorded, the idea that he wants the the purple man's kids, he wants the purple children, that's not necessarily my mind like going and grabbing a bunch of three-year-olds from a, a daycare and then grabbing them. The, this no, is, these, uh, these are these are weapons of mass destruction out there. They made, they made the whole world forget stuff. Exactly. So they, they're, they're dangerous. So the idea of, oh, well, now maybe they don't know what not, but the idea of, whoa, 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 you even have Rhino. He doesn't like the sound of this. He doesn't like the idea of going and gathering up kids. But again, this yeah, is a even, little... Even U.S. agent isn't crazy Yeah, about I mean, it. and that's crazy when you have him step back and like, whoa. And he's a jerk. And again, right. though, it's like, listen, and I'm surprised he's like, listen, they're not kids. They're weapons. Go get them. He ends up having to control them. Right. We see he actually invokes his purple cane power. And it's nice to do that. Why, why I think you know, end up having Chip Zdarsky do that, that's a little bit. So, oh, yeah, that's that. So that when we get the right. bigger version. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. So you end up, well, then we go to the Supermax prison uh, and you end up having, what's it called, Reed and Sue. Uh, there's a breakup. There's going to be a breakout going on. We and- saw her get this paperclip last issue, and we see she's able to take her power dampening collar off with the paperclip, which seems kind of hokey. But then Reed points out, "Oh, we uh, we built these things, so we built a failsafe into these. That's okay. I mean, right? Failsafe is like that that special hole in your Macintosh. You used to have exactly. To pull That's what it feels a paper like. Clip in to make the disc come out. Yeah. And so you do. I think it's that full play. That's what he did. And and with that, you <laughs> might go, "Ah, oh, come on." But it is Reed, and he thinks things through. And yeah, I mean, he's making these things that may eventually be put on him. He would have a failsafe. Well, we don't know what she had to do. Maybe there's a secret code. You know. They have to put the contra code in, left, right, left, right, up, down. Maybe. With that, though, it does show why she wanted that paperclip and stuff. She knew the deal and gets out. And so, yeah, they're able to break up. You see Moon Knight, who looks cool in that. It's got bandages and stuff wrapped around him so he can have the Moon Knight symbol on. Kind of made his homemade little Moon Knight prison outfit. Pretty cool as they attack the guards that are basically stormtroopers here. And they end up just taking out. But there's a riot going on. And in the middle of it. You get Sue kind of dancing through. Uh, she looks like she's just dancing her way through the, the wreckage, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, yeah. And we also see Tony Stark, presumably the real Tony Stark, Makes has sense. been in prison this whole time, I guess. Yeah, and we wondered so where was, nice was Tony. Oh, yeah, we said, where's Tony? Because Chameleon is impersonating him. Well, we see that. And I do like, you know, just so you know, and Chip Zdarsky does a great job at points. That beginning, a little wonky, and that two-week 
jump. It seemed like things were left behind. But this with a nice, subtle touch, right? He doesn't say, hey, here's Tony. He just kind of... He just kind of puts them in the background, gives them one little, like two little lines. It'll be easier with armor. That's all you need, right? And that's all he says. That's what I like. It. It's not like, hey there, Tony Stark, Iron Man, let's get going. Oh, so, right. Here it makes, I am. makes me feel just a little clever for noticing and remembering. Just a little clever. And that's nice. I, I'm telling you, there are some writers that don't realize that, yeah, readers want to feel smart. And it doesn't take them. I feel like, oh, yeah, even newer readers, you know, oh, yeah, there's Tony Stark, smart guy. I know this Marvel Universe. And so you, you play that out and then you have a scene. And again, we saw Butch before. He does not respect his father, Kingpin. He doesn't <laughs> like him. He doesn't want any parts of him. And he, I mean, at a point, you think that he is going so over the top that he's going to get himself killed. But what I think that is the play here and the idea where you can go from this is that Wilson seems to really want him to like him because he want, he doesn't use the, the power. He doesn't end up no, trying to yeah, influence so him. Fisk comes in and gets Butch out of prison here, and he tries to talk to him, tries to give him advice, and Butch just swears at him and literally spits in his face. He kind of, Fisk kind of threatens like he's going to use the cane, says, I can make you fall in line. But yeah, it makes you wonder, Fisk doesn't have a lot of people in his life who actually like him, right? He has Typhoid Mary, he has, uh, what's his name, his assistant, Wesley. but that's still kind of like Wesley, is. right? That's still kind of a business relationship. It is. Yeah, he, it kind of seems like he wants a real human relationship here. And But, you know, it's Wilson Fisk, so he can turn on a dime and just decide. I thought he was going to snap his gonna, neck. I'm just going to kill him. I, I expect that play. It could happen. I mean, I expect the play where when you do see it, you're like, he is a big dude because he just puts the hand over him. So with that, this is the thing. Chip Sadarsky's run, and we've talked about it before. I've talked about it on this podcast. It's daredevil right but it's been so much wilson fisk and the idea where when you see this and again it's subtle he ends up marrying typhoid mary because he needs somebody we thought all along that this stuff was going to be the idea that he was trying to bring back in the spider-man book he's trying to bring back his dead wife but instead he brings back his son so he's kind of out there and about not butch this is an illegitimate deal that but with right, that, we haven't seen the the rose it does feel rose, like yeah. he is desperate for family and just that, like, family in my mind, Fisk is a guy who, there's been people who will claim, I mean, you would go now and if you talk to Rhino, hey, are you friend? Oh, Fisk, yeah, my best. Like, everybody's afraid of him. But family's different. Family loves you unconditionally. And I think that that is the road that we're having in this. And he is, keep on, he keeps doing this where he wants to get family, wants to get friends, like you said. Mm-hmm. And to influence Butch, that's, that's a cheat. And he doesn't want that, it seems. And, and we had that scene right before his wedding where Daredevil Matt says to him, you know, what you if you have some happiness, maybe you'll exactly. actually stop being such a jerk. Or And then he actually goes back and says, well, what I really meant was like contentment. And that is what Fisk does not have. He's, no. he's not content ever. He's He runs the whole city. Exactly. And that's right? not he, good enough. He has all the money he could ever need. He has all the power he could ever need. But it's still not enough. And, He's not and that content. was the fun play when you ended up having where it looked like at a point with the Strom wins and all that going on, where they laughed at him. I mean, he, they made him a chump, and he didn't like it. He killed a guy because of it. Uh, but you get that idea, like, why does he want to be mayor? Why does he want to – because mm-hmm. he wants that respect. Like, he wanted to be like, maybe that's when people will love me. And so – you mentioned the Strom wins. We haven't no, seen them I know. since Remember, the they very had end the of that deal. first issue. Hey, right. look, president of the U.S. President, and that's, that's gone nowhere for three Again, issues. Again, just think of this. Interesting. He runs for mayor. He's the mayor of New York City, but he doesn't even think that he's good enough for people to vote for him. He now has to influence them to the nth degree because he doesn't think that people like him. And, and they don't. I mean, he's a bad guy. No, why would they? That's his. But he's desperate. Like, that's enough for him to get like, oh, my God, I can see him. It's it's cheating, and as somebody who is ultra competitive and will end up, you know, bending the rules at times like that, you do end up where the the victory then is not so sweet, right? You end up, but it's almost the idea like Fisk and how I go with if I'm playing something, I don't play to win, I play not to lose. That's the big deal, but that doesn't make you happy at the end, and I don't think he's a happy guy. And we end up seeing, and even in this, where you get to this next deal, like when you have. The, the deal where he spits in his face and Butch walks away, he's about to influence him, and he can, but he doesn't. Right on the edge. He and, doesn't. And Fisk really lives right there on the edge of violence 
always. He's always right on the edge of just crushing somebody's skull. And when we do continue, because we have a little scene before that, but when we do continue with him in Typhoid Mary again, he's not a happy guy and he wants to be. And maybe we're getting towards something different, but then at the end it gets all wacky. But we do end up seeing that, you know, the Thunderbolts are out and about and you do have Rhino and it's a champion's deal, which is cool. I didn't expect to see them. And Rhino's fighting, but he's trying to tell them, like, no, stop. I'm, I'm not right. fighting you. I'm, I'm with you. I- we don't see how this fight started, which is fine. We kind of break in right in the middle of fight. But, yeah, it turns out that I don't want to fight you guys. I'm here to give you some information. And as this fight goes on, this hundreds or at least dozens of auto drones see that there's an altercation and come in and start attacking. And Rhino just pulls out this handful of Thunderbolt badges and just one for you, one, one for, for you, you, one for you. For you get a badge, you get a badge. This, yeah, this tells the drones, oh, they, they're, they're Thunderbolts. We're not going to attack them. And that's a cool deal. Now, with that, that is one of those things that I also think it's setting up something by the end where you can kind of like one now equals zero, and now the drones will go out and just attack the Thunderbolts. I think that that might be a play later on, but it's good mm-hmm. here because Rhino says like. I don't like kids being attacked. I might be, you know, what you think is a bad guy, but I'm not a bad guy. I'm I'm actually a decent guy. I don't want to see you He's or other kids way. go down. And yeah, really. And I mean, look at him. And, and the funny thing is, is, you did almost have the redemption fully in the Amazing Spider-Man, Nick Spencer's deal, where you did mm-hmm. get that idea where you didn't want to be a bad guy anymore. But circumstances, because I mean, look at the guy. He doesn't have much else but the Rhino deal, so he ends up going with and, that. And Rhino is the, the lead character on the cover of this book, too. It's I think this is the best cover of Devil's Reign so far. Yeah, it looks, I like it. It's a real nice active pose. You see his foot very much in the foreground. So you get this giant Rhino foot. It looks looks very neat. Yeah, it does look neat. And the, the fun play of that is to almost go with, like, look at him, how angry he is. Oh, my God. It, it does. Like, a lot of times people get upset that the cover spoils an issue. This actually sets you up for a swerve, which is pretty cool. Uh, if yeah, you, it's, if you it's pay not attention. misleading because it makes sense after you read it, but it makes sense in a different way. Yeah, yeah. So think. he's angry, but he's angry at the idea that this isn't right. He's actually he's the one who realizes this can't go on. Gives him badges, like you said, that makes it so the drones just go away, and then ends up, you know, hey, there's some bad things going on with kids that you then go. And you see the Avengers as they're gathered. Where right. They and find again, them. it cuts. We don't see the beginning of the scene and we don't see the end of the scene. We just see enough to let us know that that Rhino is kind of on the up and up and he's giving some info to the champions. And Miles hears, you know, is told this. He's one of the champions. So he's like, kids, huh? And then goes back to the Avengers bunker and says, yeah, that's what they're doing. It's the purple children. The idea again, kids, kids. And I'm like, they're the purple children. But Jessica realizes this is bad news. She's out for blood. I mean, she goes off. She has had enough. She's going to take it to the streets, which is kind of cool. Again, though, with this, you're almost saying with only a couple issues left with this, like, hey, Luke Cage, again, at the end, you would think that the control will be off. Luke might be the mayor of New York. That'd be cool. But at this point, they're kind of like, yeah, it's not really worth doing much with that because he's controlling people and he's going to try more. So we got to stop that. And they even say, like, we took it to him, but we already got beat up, but we got to do something. And then we go off to Fisk there. And as we end this, Fisk is there mulling over, you know, Butch and how everybody hates him. And he wants to do this, but he'll win the election. He's going to have to rig it, all that. And Typhoid Mary comes in and he says, like, you know, all the things that we went through, all this, I kind of long for that. I want to be happy. All that stuff going down. She doesn't remember. She's had too many people Mm -hmm. mixing and matching in that brain and doing the stuff. He ends up not even realizing what he's doing. He's like, oh, man, I wish you would remember. It, it would be awesome. She remembers then. That works. The, right. and it's we in see purple. that he's holding the cane. We see the purple text. And it just she is stunned that, her, that memory comes back, which is kind of a beautiful scene. It is. And I love the idea where he goes back. And you could say, why would he have the cane there? He's sitting on a chair. And it's it's kind of propped next to him, but he's sitting on the chair. First off, I think he's used to now just going everywhere with the cane. But it also might have been where he's thinking, like, should I have used the cane? Like, like mulling around with Butch and things like that. So when he does get up, luckily he picks it up, but he uses this, never thought he could do this. And Typhoid Mary is so happy. She's like, oh, my God, I remember. What a gift. And, like, that power, it's remarkable. And that's the cool thing about this, whether it's Typhoid Mary and Fisk, whatever. But you said it is. It's a really beautiful scene. And it shows you that all the influence isn't bad, right? 
Right. He can. He has a choice to make here, right? He can say, oh, this is my chance at contentment. I've made my wife happy. This is what it should be all about. But he doesn't make that choice. He looks, instead of looking at his wife, he looks at the power in his hand. He sees the cane. He goes, uh-huh. And some, you can see something dawning on him. Mm-hmm. And I love that Typhoid Mary. He's like, I remember all of our sweet lovings. And I, I, I'm so in love with you even more than before. Come here, hug me. He's like, I got shit to do. I didn't mind my cursing. And he runs up. <laughs> he not really run. He actually walks up and it looks like goes up to the roof. It's raining. So you get that Out visual. pouring rain. Yeah. And he ends up looking and he says, remember. And boom, it goes. Now, does this mean just him? Has this went all over New York? It, it, we'll have to see. But he does just say, remember. And then an and awesome. I mean, it, even if you don't oh, like wow. the idea of what's going on in this, the idea mm-hmm. of identities or whatever, but the rain coming down and he just says, Matt Murdock. Yeah, this is, it reminds me of like the, the Bill Sienkiewicz version of this character, this huge, hulking, angry man. And I just, I just think that that last choice where he rejects contentment for this obsession and he brings back this obsession. And then it says, you know, here, there he is. Uh, should I do this to be consumed? by like the fire of the phoenix so i can be born again and now he mm-hmm. knows everything and it even looks like a little bit frank miller deal and john Romita jr in my mind like it has all that play okay, yeah and it yep. really is like holy crap like if you want to end an issue that it was good i mean it continues to be good little moments but not like this one felt like it stepped back from being big i think that chip Zdarsky made it that way so when you hit this you're like holy crap like this is awesome and it ends up i mean my score shot through the roof from this it's still not you know a 10 because you know we don't give that but it's it's great and the art is really good like you said even the cover is really good but at the end yeah we'll have to see what this all means if it's just for him and even with that he's gotten but now again the contentment that matt said he kind of should have now he knows but what is he going to do with that before he filed it away now there's trouble so we'll see how that plays out i thought it was really cool as again you end up having the heroes breaking out of Meridian and all this going down. So pretty cool. Uh, what would you give it? I thought this was a, a, a kind of a mixed issue. There were some clunky parts where I thought they didn't quite fit, but then there's some huge parts that I thought were great. So overall, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going uh, higher. I'm going to go 8.8. I almost went 9, but there are some, like you said, there's some little setup things and whatever. But like before the ending, I might have been 7.5. And I jumped up, you okay. know, all the way to like an eight eight. So yeah, I, I thought that that was a really uh, cool deal, and the way that it ended, I was pretty impressed. And I, I'm a big Chip Zdarsky fan, so it doesn't shock me that I ended up in with that. The Devil's Reign stuff hasn't like I've liked. I'll say that I like the de, you know Daredevil run at points way way more than this Devil's Reign. But I'm starting to go, okay, here we go, and we have this stuff going down. But with that, what is your book of the week? Well, I'm actually going to pause first and give a quick shout out to one of our Canadian weirdos, Charlie. Oh, yes, uh, Charlie. Curler, who's been enjoying the curling talk on the show. So we'll have to build in more curling talk because, Jim, it's what the audience wants. They're demanding it. Well, last night, I curled my hair a little, right? I ate some cheese Uh curls and Uh I'm trying to think. And I did some bicep curls the other day. There you go, curling now. Yeah, he ended up, it was So, so funny. He ended up messaging me and he's like, oh, my God. Can can you tell Jason that I'm also a fellow <laughs> curling fan? I'm oh, like, yeah. we found the two of you. I mean, seriously. It's like <laughs> I mean, Lost we shall know, but he's clearly, he's clearly a much, much more hardcore, serious curl than I am. I'm just some guy who shoves rocks around once a week. He's, you know, his family's way into it. And so. he's been, I Good think he Charlie. even told me, like, since three years old. So, yeah. That's, that, that's how they do it. That Canada, is crazy. Yeah. And that's the play, though. Canadian, yeah. Yeah. I, I always take it as, you know, you're either going to move to Buffalo or start curling. And then who wants to move to Buffalo? So you end up doing that. But, yeah, shout out to Charlie, which was awesome. When he said, it made me so happy when, when he sent me that message. I'm like, holy crap. Oh, another curler. <laughs> yeah. So Charlie will shout out. Uh, but okay. what is your book? So now we should well, hurry hard to our book of the week. A little curling talk there for you. My book of the yeah, week is Maestro, World War M number one. Yeah, I can't remember what I gave it, but I think that that edged out a yep, bit. Yep, you gave it a nine. nine. Yep. Yeah, and that's nine on our eight. Patreon deal. And 
And again, you might think that that was the play here. It was not. I, I forgot what I gave it. That's and the vote. Yeah, so that is that. That is mine as well. Now, really good issue. What? Yeah, really. And a really good series. And I, I said when we were talking on the Patreon about it, There's, I don't think many people are talking about that book. And it's really good. It's a solid book that you could read all the miniseries of Peter David's stuff and, and get enjoyment out of it. It's not going to blow your mind, maybe. But if you've read The Future Imperfect, it's a really cool continuation. But with that, what is your... Uh, what's it called? Not gem of the week. The cover of the week. My we'll cover. Go. My cover of the week. Moon Knight was in the running as a real neat. It was uh, on my running as well of, uh, of Hunter's Moon. But my actual cover of the week is Devil's Ray number four for its portrait of Rhino. Awesome. Mine actually was in the run. It's Moon Knight. I, I thought that Moon Knight looked great. Uh, I thought it was really cool. And the, the worst part is, is that Devil's Rain tie-in at the top. It kind of ruins the mood for me. But it is really uh-huh. good. Who is your gem? Of the week. My gem of the week. The gem of the week. Is also going to be Rhino. Rhino is the gem. There's no doubt about it. Clearly. He's the no, full no out real competition. Gem. The only one that it's kind of a funny deal, not really a gem, but I really like would have been Typhoid Mary. Actually, you know, having that moment. But again, <laughs> that's got a yeah. horn dog of the yeah, week. Yeah, really. Still. Uh, but with <laughs> that, though, I mean, nobody could beat Rhino this week. He's full out gem. He might be the gem of the year when we have our awards next year. We do. But yeah. So with that, everybody, thanks for listening. As always, go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. We also have our Instagram, which is Weird Science Comic. All these things will be in the show notes. And we have our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, as well as our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where, again, just to mention, we talked about Maestro World War M and also the amazing Spider-Man 88 Bay, uh, the Jeffrey Thorne issue with the Slingers uh, there. I got a little upset about that one. And also just to do that and the idea, like, I, it was awesome when Charlie got a hold of us on the Twitters, but you can also email us. We'll be happy to get email. We haven't really push this for a while uh, because of kind of the disjointed nature of the podcast I've been going through. But now that we're settled down here, Jason, yeah, again, you're the gem of the week and for actually getting me out of bed to talk about these things. But with that, it is weird science, Marvel comics at gmail.com. So all of that all wrapped up in the one. It'll all be in the show notes. So check those out. And not that I've done this before, Jason, but what do you want to say to end this podcast? Oh, uh, I'm putting uh, you on well, the spot here. Uh, there's no spotlight. I'm used to saying it, turning a spotlight exactly. off, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I got nothing. How about, well, <laughs> I should have told, told you before. I should have to say, How I don't know. This is like, see you in seven. <laughs> is that, will that uh, be the deal? We'll just go with that. Okay, okay. See you we'll edit this part. Okay. I'll be fine. Jason, what do we okay. say at the Three, end? Two, one. We'll see you in seven. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.